We never go, you never get what you want in life. You only get what you work for, apparently. Well, I always say you always get what you ask for. It just rarely comes in a package you thought it was supposed to show up in. <laughs> we, yeah, we, we, we like the surprises that we want. Otherwise, they're called problems. Exactly. <laughs> Welcome back, guys, to another cracking installment of the Matt Brown Show. Today, I'm joined by Kurek Ashley. He is renowned as something called the Transformer. And he's renowned for this because of his astounding ability to help people transform their lives forever, their business, their disease, whatever area of life is holding them back from achieving the dream results that they're after. He is recognized as one of the world's best success coaches and for over 30 years, Fortune 500 companies and major corporations around the world such as Apple, Seagate, Swartzcorp, Western Hotels, the Australian Royal Air Force, the Carlton United Brewery and many, many others have hired him as a speaker, as a consultant to really help them achieve awe-inspiring results. He's also spent a lot of time in Hollywood. He is personal friends with the likes of Sylvester Stallone, Chuck Norris, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Charlie Sheen, and many, many others, which we talk about in this particular episode. And his latest book is called How Would Love Respond? And this has gone to the number one international bestsellers list. It is an incredible story of what he has learned about the power of transformation after suffering a horrific helicopter crash in which his best friend died in his arms. We cover a lot of ground here, guys, and we really will empower you with some practical how-to steps that you can apply in your life today in order to take back tomorrow. So without further ado, enter Karek Ashley. Karek Ashley, welcome to the show. Hey, Matt, thanks. It's great to be talking from opposite sides of the planet. I know, it's nuts. Eh? So you're in Australia? How's I am, but I have a Chicago accent, so please don't ask me to speak. <laughs> Even Australians say, don't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get you. I get you guys. So we are live broadcasting this uh, interview. So wherever you're watching this on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, I do have a team standing by to take your questions. Correct uh, uh, is a fascinating guy, as I'm sure we're about to um, experience and discover for ourselves. Um, and so, Ashley, uh, sorry, Kirk, why don't you set us up um, for this particular episode? Um, you've, you're an actor. You've done some pretty big stuff. You're a best-selling author. You're known as The Transformer. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I mean, talk to us. Talk, tell us more about your story. Where does it start? Well, Matt, I, I used to be an actor. I retired a number of years ago. Uh, it's what I thought I always wanted to do, and... Um, at 12 years old, I got I was a professional. I was on stage with uh, Jim Belushi and George Went from Cheers. And, and then I left for L.A. from Chicago and uh, did 38 movies. I've done two films with John Travolta. I've worked with Sylvester Stallone, uh, Chuck Norris, Russell Crowe, Charlie Sheen. Not that we brag too much about that one anymore. but um, He's a legend. In, uh, 19- Char- <laughs> yeah. Charlie's a legend, dude, for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? When I worked with him, he was actually awesome. And I, and I, I loved working with Charlie. He was real professional. It's, it's really tragic what, what happened to him. Um, but, or what he did to himself, I should say. Mm. Um, but in 1989, I was doing the movie uh, Delta Force 2 with Chuck Norris. And I was involved in a helicopter crash where five of my friends died. And my best friend was on fire when I carried him out of the wreck. And he died in my arms on the way to the hospital. So for two and a half years, my life was in a real tailspin, mm. depression, drugs, drinking, cigarettes. Um, 
I wasn't partying. I was just trying to kill myself. But mm. luckily, I'm not a success at everything in life. And, you know, through my own trials and tribulations, you know, I'd always been into personal development. I kind of always had been coaching and speaking, but um, it really set me off on a, on a course to where I am today because, uh, you know, what I had to use to turn my own life around is the same thing I use with uh, people I work with all over the world. I work in 17 countries. I've been in front of over a million people. Um, I've coached uh, the women's Australian beach volleyball team to win gold medals at the Olympics and sports teams and big companies, Apple and Seagate and the rest of those things. So, and I live on the sunshine coast of Australia of all places. Hmm. Um, so, you know, Chuck, Chuck Norris has all those jokes about Chuck Norris. It's like when Chuck Norris does push-ups, the earth moves, he doesn't move, you know, things like that. Exactly. Um, did you ever chat to him about that, uh, that, those kind of memes about him? Does he have a view on that? How does he feel about that? Does he find it funny? Or Well, Chuck is one of the nicest, most humble, down-to-earth people ever. I mean, he'll take you out for a beer. Now, the funny thing is when Chuck Norris takes you out for a beer, you're kind of hoping that a bar fight's going to break out. Um, <laughs> but he's he's really down to earth. He's got a great sense of humor. The Chuck Norris jokes weren't out yet when I was working with him. But, you know, I, I, I got to spend some quality time with him. I got to train in martial arts with him. Um, and I also got to ask him about Bruce Lee, which he doesn't really like talking about too much, but because I get to know him really well, um, I got to ask him some things about Bruce Lee, which was really fascinating. What uh, what did you ask him about, Bruce? Uh, just, you know, um, you know, just how he was as a person. And what Chuck said was that, uh, you know, they were constantly warning him that he was burning the candle at both ends because he was fanatical. And sure enough, he paid the price for it. You know, he just he just took his body to too extreme of a level. Mm. And uh, and what he did with it, including he would hook himself up with electrical wires to give him electric shock um, to, to get the muscles to contract. Um, but he was just doing it raw. So I don't know. It's, um, mm. So what did Chuck and Bruce do together? Were they on the same film together or what was the relationship? Well, you got to remember Chuck was a three-time world champion karate uh, mm. expert and with over a hundred titles. And so in the martial arts circuit, Bruce and Chuck became good friends and then, uh, and he, but he owned karate schools in those days. There used to be the Chuck Norris karate schools. And uh, Bruce uh, directed his first film called Return of the Dragon and put, Bruce, uh, put Chuck in it. And um, that was the big Coliseum scene. And then uh, from that, Chuck uh, kind of evolved into an actor and was very grateful that Bruce Lee opened that door for him. Mm, that's amazing. Um, so mm. you've got an interesting uh, title as well, or should I say claim to fame, uh, being The Transformer. <laughs> the Transformer. I love labels. Um, where did that label come from? It, it came from the uh, the gentleman, Steve McLaughlin, who produced the movie I, Robot with Will Smith, uh, called me up and um, said, look, uh, we're having a problem in Beverly Hills, of all people, places, where Beverly Hills kids are getting involved with Mexican gangs because they think it's hip hop and happening and all that stuff. And so they wanted to create a TV show around me um, and just through it was called the transformer because of what I do with people, the radical shifts that I get in people. So as an example, uh, one of my, my private clients last year had very aggressive Tourette syndrome 
with the head twitches and the rest of those things. And after working with him for about uh, four months, he now is Tourette free. Um, every couple that I've worked with who's ever been told it's impossible to have kids, all have kids now. Um, and another one of my private clients who was uh, called me with uh, had aggressive cancer has now cured himself of cancer. Um, so it's quite transformational. Where where does your ability to transform people come from? I mean, uh, does that something that you that you that you kind of stumbled upon, or was that a kind of a I'm going to do this for people, and you know I'm going to empower myself towards becoming that uh, idea that of the of the transformer? Where did it all come from? Where does that capability come from? Well, you know, Matt, through my my own. Um, you know, working on myself to start with, and then just the more people I work with, I've really come to realize that there's a formula, you know, to be successful in anything you want in life, literally anything, everything actually. And there's a sex, six, uh, there's a formula for failing. The formula for failing is pretty easy. It's just don't use the formula for success. The formula for success, well, the first thing is that you have to reinvent yourself. You know, you can't be who you used to be and expect different results. So the first thing we have to have is the proper mindset, you know, because wherever your head goes, your body follows. And that really mindset is, man, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm doing this anyways, and I'm not backing down. And I'm going to get the help I need. I'm going to get the coaching. I'm going to get the guidance. I'm going to use the strategies. I'm going to put it into action. That's the mindset. Um, you know, we have to free ourselves of knowing the path or how it's going to happen. Instead, we have to know the why, the purpose. You know, so I've asked audiences around the world, hey, you're going to make a million dollars this year. And people are like, well, I don't know. And you go, hey, anybody you love? And you go, of course. And I go, well, what if they need an operation and need a million dollars to save their life? Would you do it? Go, oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, see, you can do it then. You can do it now because you have a big purpose. So you need the right mindset. And the next thing is you have to develop new skill sets um, and their skill sets. By the way, the mindset is probably one of those skill sets. Um, but then that's just going to come through education, application of the education, and then follow through, which means you have to test and measure uh, and adjust your course, to, to, but stay on track to get the result. Now, as you see, there's probably nothing you can achieve with that formula. So um, all successful people, the real successful people, they set what I call grand dream goals. You know, those are the goals that stretch you and make you reinvent yourself because you can't be the old you to get those goals. And they take immediate and consistent action. And then they, you know, um, they contribute. They don't, you know, they they understand they have to give to get. Mm. And then there's always networking. You know, I I had lunch with, of all people, I know it's going to sound a little, name dropping, but I pinched myself. Um, uh, two years ago, I was on stage with Arnold Schwarzenegger here in Sydney. And uh, I've known Sylvester Stallone since I was 18 years old. So he found out I was going to be on stage. He called me to Beverly Hills to have lunch. And sure enough, he called the governor to have lunch with me. And Arnold was very clear that he goes, everybody thinks I'm a self-made man, but there's nothing farther from the truth. He goes, only losers try to do it by themselves. Mm. Successful people, we get help. And then, again, it's always about the follow-through. So that's really the formula. I'm giving it to you in a nutshell. But if you apply it to anybody who's successful, you'll see, wow, they did those things, you know. And the people who didn't, they obviously did not. 
Yeah, there's um, there's a lot of I would call it crap motivation out there. Uh, I don't know if you mm. would agree with me. Um, and uh, oh, I've got some questions coming in from um, from the internet. I'll pick it up now, guys. Uh, just hold on <laughs> while I finish this one this one conversation point, and then we'll take a question from the social web. Um, so, um, but as I was saying, there's a lot of crap motivation out there. There's also some very good stuff, but a lot of it's kind of crap. Uh, it's kind of been there. It's, it's kind of like the old thing rehashed for the new. Um, and when you think about the idea of transformation, right, and you're an expert in this space, and when you think about what you've learned in terms of, you know, uh, engaging with movie stars like Sylvester Stallone and Arnold and many, many other, Chuck Norris, et cetera, et cetera, um, is that there's a world, there's such a huge, like, chasm, you know, or chasm between um, what ordinary people um, use or adopt in terms of a mindset versus say those that are incredibly um, successful um, and uh, and that and that mindset and so what the ordinary person does is they look for motivation they look for something that that can help them become better and then you get as I said the two schools of motivation the crap motivation and then the stuff that really works um, and also when you think about transformation in general if you think about like goal setting uh, you know taking taking action if you think about all these things you know and if you've been in the space for like you know 15 20 years as is yours in your case and in my case to a certain extent you start to see the same things over and over and over again do you know what i mean they said differently but they they said the same if that makes sense mm. um and but people still choose not to truly internalize these things do you understand what i mean um they seemingly sure. just want to maintain the status quo why is that well a couple of levels to that, Matt. First, why is always a disempowering question because it it gets us to focus on you know where we are and then it's going to keep us there. So people will tell you, you know, hey, I have to find out why I'm acting like this, or they start looking for reasons. Well, that might not even be the reason, even if you come up with something. Instead, I just focus on the outcomes that I want to achieve. Um, Napoleon Bonaparte said, "I only see my outcomes and the obstacles will give way." And like you're saying, is motivation, well, it's fluffy, you know, and people are always looking for the quick fix instead of doing what it takes. But the funny part is that if you um, think to create, to come up with new ideas, but you feel to decide, you know, because most people are trying to think their way through a decision until you ping pong yourself back and forth until pretty soon you can't even make a decision because you know, how are you going to measure the pros with the cons and try to even them out? Mm. So you got to feel it. But when you do that, you'll see that um, all you have to really know in life, and because and, I, I don't teach motivation, I teach how to create real lasting change, um, which is what people want. But the thing, Matt, is, you know, just because we're on the same planet doesn't mean we're on the same plane of existence. You know, some people love misery. Um, some people, you know, hey, they, they'd rather... Um, go buy a, a carton of beer and a pack of cigarettes, and I don't care if I'm getting fat and I'm broke and the rest of things. So trying to fix those people, well, that's not going to happen. So there's always going to be a majority and there's always going to be a minority. The majority, they, they're they kind of the victims of the world. They're overweight, out of shape, broke, mm-hmm. um, broken relationships, no goals. And then there's the minority, you know, who – live better lives and the rest of those things. But it's the minority that changes the world. It's the majority that waits for it to be changed. 
And everybody has the opportunity to change groups. So it doesn't matter about where you are right now. It comes from making that decision of going, hey, you know what? I want my life to be better because this sucks. I mean, by the way, Matt, I've spent a lot of my time poor. I've lived in my car numerous times in Los Angeles for a year. Um, There's a funny story in my book about working on a movie with John Travolta. He wants to take me out to dinner and he has to pick me up in my broken down car I live in. Um, you know, it, it's life. Now it's not glamorous. It sucks, but there was something in me that says, man, you know what? I got to change this. And if, in order for things to change, I got to change because the world's not going to match up to me. I'm the one who's got to find my way into success. And, and yet I have a very holistically balanced life. You know, I have a wonderful marriage and beautiful kids and live on a farm on the sunshine coast of Australia. And yeah, I'm happy and I'm, uh, don't drink, don't do drugs, don't smoke, um, you know, because you can have whatever you want, but you have to really set it out and do that. Most people just won't. Mm. And so that's okay. I, I just can't hang out with those people, not as a judgment thing. It's just that I want my brain, you know, toxified by what they talk about and what they focus on. Yeah, exactly. Because what you focus on expands. Absolutely. <laughs> it keeps expanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, the thing for me also, it's, um, you know, I think a lot of people are waiting to to make the change in their lives. It's like if you're a, you know, 300 pound man or woman um, and you're you're sitting on your couch, in, like especially now in lockdown, <laughs> you know, uh, m- miserable or whatever it is, if you're unhappy with something, if you're not prepared to make the change, then you must learn to be happy in your misery. Well, that, I mean, you know, most people are on Facebook four hours a day and they're watching the Kardashians, of God, God forbid. Um, you know, they're doing anything to distract themselves from focusing on where their life's going, which is pretty much a train wreck. Mm. Um, that's just life. Um, now there's more avenues than ever to distract yourself. Um, but then there's the people who go, you know what? I want my life to count. I want it to mean something. I want, the, you know. I want to have some value and there's goals I want to achieve, but that's not everybody. And so I I don't try to fix people. They're not broken. They're exactly where they want to be. But my job is for those people who do want to make the change um, and are willing to play the game, let's go. You know, so every athlete, every sports team I've worked with is one. I have a solid gold record. I don't even know the sport most of the time, Mm. but I've had people hear my story and they go, Hey, what if I just want to win bronze? Would you work with me? No. Why would I want to work with somebody who's already setting out to lose? Mm-hmm. See, but I want to work around people who inspire me. You know, they, they just by the way they operate, you know, I love being around inspirational people. Yeah. It's, um, it's that old saying that, uh, if, you know, if you hang, the, if you hang out long enough outside of a barbershop, eventually you're going to get a haircut. Um, well, so. not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely not you. Uh, but uh, let's take a question from uh, social media. Keep, keep keep bringing those questions in, guys. Uh, this one's from Marilyn uh, on Twitter. She says, um, uh, "Correct. What do you consider your biggest transformation?" Stay with us. We'll be right back. 
Hey there, I know being an entrepreneur can be a very lonely experience. You sometimes get stuck, don't you? Well, if you're like me, being stuck sucks. But what if you could access the minds of over 850 CEOs who have built companies generating billions of dollars in revenue and access all of that knowledge in a fraction of a second? Well, the good news is you can literally do that today. What my team have built is Matt Brown AI. It is trained on all the interviews, over 850 of them that I've done to date, all my books, all the knowledge capital that has been generated over the last 10 years right here on the Matt Brown Show. And you can get access to all of that right now for free. So how do you get access to this? Well, head on over to mattbrownshow.com and at the top, you'll see community. Hit that link, sign up. It's absolutely free and you'll be given instant access to Matt Brown AI and a community of over 100,000 subscribers. Uh, you know, Mer- well, my biggest transformation was is after the helicopter wreck, um, I was literally pumping five grams of cocaine in my nose every night. Um, I was smoking cigarettes. I was drinking booze. Uh, I Every night I had a gun in my mouth, a 357 Smith & Wesson pistol. Um, that was two and a half years for me. So it was a very, very, very turbulent, dark time for me. Um, I lost five of my friends. I, I didn't really know how to cope with it very well. And, uh, and it was in a tailspin. And then one day, um, I said, I'm done. I'm done. And you really got to get to that place in your life when you say, I'm done. Because until then, you're complacent, you know, where you're saying, it's all right. I, I, I can handle this. But when you're done, and, and so I unscrewed a broom pole out of a broom. I went in my backyard in California, and I cut a line in the sand in my backyard. And I said, once I step over this line, I'm done. So I, I stepped over there. So I cut it like a samurai warrior, you know, and I, uh, with this broom pole. And I stepped over the line. I gave up cocaine. I gave up cigarettes. I gave up alcohol abuse. I gave all my guns away. Not to just people wandering down the street. I gave <laughs> yeah. a gun collector friends of mine. And, um, and changed my life. And my life today is a, you know, I can look at that line and see it was, you know, my life today is a byproduct of that decision back then and the ripple effect from it. Now, so many people that I've worked with who are depressed or suicidal or overweight or, you know, financially in trouble and the rest of those things. And the reason I guess it works so well is because I have such credibility because I've been there myself. And if I can do it, anybody can do it. And so I, I love what I get to do because I get to watch people fulfill their dreams from where they were to where they want to be. And it's, it's, it, it just reinstalls to me over and over again that the successes that you want in life aren't biased or prejudiced. It's not a person who has the 13th zodiac sign or a special chromosome. Everybody has equal potential. And I love that because I've seen people from all walks of life um, turn their lives around and create all kinds of amazing uh, successes. And I mean holistically in all areas of life. Mm. Um, that's great I've got another question here from Adam Brandt on Facebook he says what's the one daily thing that we can do every day to keep us reinventing ourselves well, you know that, Adam that is an awesome question and your question is actually the answer you know um, I'm not religious my mom was Jewish my dad was Christian I was just really confused um, <laughs> what, what, why were they together I got no idea they weren't for long trust me But um, the Bible says is ask and it will be given, you know, so that means whatever question we ask, the brain has to answer it. 
and it's going to answer the question specifically to how you ask it. So if we ask stupid questions, we get more stupid answers. So if you ask yourself, you know, what expansive action can I take today to achieve my grand dream goals? Now, you may not get the answer in English back. It may be an intuition. It may be a hunch. It may be just an action you take. But that's why we have to literally allow ourselves to have some some quiet time every day, you know, so that you have not only that space to have creative thought and ask those uh, powerful questions, but also the space to receive the answers. Mm. So there was a gentleman in 1907 who wrote the book, The Science of Getting Rich. His name is Wallace D. Waddles. He said that you have to leave the competitive mind for the creative mind. And he wasn't talking about competition of others. He was talking about competition for space in your head. You know, um, and if you have hecticness and stress and massive action, all that stuff, um, you don't really have time for the creative thought. And T-I-V-E means that we're producing the outcome of what what comes before that. So creative means that the outcome is we're creating. Um, And so that's the kind of questions you want is creative questions and creative thinking. And you you have to really do some mindfulness or just sit in quiet, put your feet in nature, um, and then ask yourself a couple powerful questions and then just let it be. And you'll notice that the answer will always show up. Yeah. And then just act on the answers you get. Yeah. It's, um, it's an interesting one. I don't think we spend time away from ourselves. In other words, you know, we're not, in other words, as you say, we're always, um, I'll talk about myself. Um, I'm I'm like super competitive, like hyper competitive. I I want to work all the time, every single day, as hard as as humanly possible, and that's just it's me. It's inbred in me. But what that does, it creates a vacuum. Uh, it creates a vacuum from from centeredness, from uh, from you know uh, a space where I can create clear thoughts. I can start to access or unlock my intuition. Um, I can do the things that are not me. I can start, you know, if you understand what I mean. And so um, there was, there's an interesting uh, tweet I was reading on Sunday, funnily enough. Um, so I got two kids at home and, and lockdown and that. It's just like, it's nuts, right? Uh, I think Adam uh, from Facebook there has also got kids, um, a couple of kids. So it's just, it's very, very difficult to find space now. Uh, more so than ever, you know, because either I'm working my ass off or I'm, you know, getting slammed with uh, family commitments and things like that. And I don't, I don't resent those things at all. It's just the reality. Um, and so the tweet that I found was from a guy called Naval. I don't know if you know him on Twitter. Um, he's a super, super cool, knowledgeable dude. Anyway, he was he was making the suggestion. He said, um, he said one. Of, he was tweeted by someone, um, and he said, "What do you recommend around meditation, whatever?" And he said, "Well, don't use apps." Don't use guided meditation. Don't do anything like that. He said, just find Christians, sit down, and ha- make sure you have no um, no distractions whatsoever, and just be with yourself. He said, don't don't reject anything. Don't uh, you know latch your mind onto anything. Just let things go, right? And he said, do that for an hour every day for a minimum of sixty days. Um, and I thought that was an incredible idea. But the thing is, I can't justify that. It's a funny thing. Do you know what I mean? It's like um, I can't justify spending that time away from myself uh, because there's well, the, it's a value the judgment, math, math, right? 
Yeah, Matt, that, you know, you're obviously very successful at who you are and, you know, you're um, driven and it's gotten you to where you are, but it won't get you to where you want to be. So in, in order for things to change, we have to change. And so and it doesn't have to be we have to erase our old self and come up with some brand new version. You know, the um, there's laws of physics that everything I teach is based in those laws. One of those laws is cause and effect. So that means that everything, the universe means all inclusive, everything. Well, everything in everything has to follow that the law of cause and effect, that there are no random acts or there are no accidents. It's some cause created that result. That makes sense. Mm. And so the law of vibration says that every atom or everything in the atom is a quark, is moving, it's vibrating. And then the law of frequency says that vibrations on a frequency and then the law of harmony of frequency, or also known as the law of attraction, means that anything that's on the same frequency, we are attracted to it and it's attracted us. So it's just like tuning in your radio, whatever we tune it to, that's the music we get or the sounds we get. If you don't like it, don't smash the radio, just change the frequency and you get, you know, from country western to, you know, rock and roll or whatever you want. Mm. So it's the same with life is we have to tune ourselves in and this is not metaphysical and all that stuff. It's just the way the laws work. And that's why um, when we change the way we think and sometimes because the quality of our life is really determined by the quality of our communication. First, how we communicate with ourselves and then how we communicate with others. But we won't communicate differently with others until you start communicating differently with ourselves. And so instead of making this a long, arduous, I got to sit there for an hour and um, lotus pose or whatever is you know, even if you're sitting on the toilet for 10 minutes and just do some deep breathing and, you know, shut everything out for a moment or, you know, get up 15 minutes earlier before the kids do. Because, by the way, I have three small kids as well. And, um, you know, my uh, being here, you know, we got to homeschool and the rest of the stuff because the schools are shut down right now. Um, but, you know, it, it, when it's a priority, you'll find the time. Because remember, before you had kids, when we were think, first thinking about having kids, we're like, oh, man, how am I going to fit that into my life? You know, kids, are you kidding? And then funny, as soon as you have them, it's funny how you just adjust. Mm -hmm. So Charles Darwin said it's not the strongest of the species that would survive, nor the most intelligent. It's the ones who are most able to adapt. Mm -hmm. And so we have to adapt to our new environment if we want to produce new results. How's it, guys? Just a quick one to say, did you know that due to COVID-19, that the small business sector in South Africa is currently at risk with close to 525,000 formal SMEs locally, employing 6.6 .6 million people. These businesses are at greater risk today than ever before. You know, as a community, we need to do as much as we can to help SMEs succeed and survive during this time. And to this end, I've decided to give away free copies of my number one Amazon best-selling book, You're in the Game Today, which shares the 12 principles that high-impact entrepreneurs, billionaires, and world champion athletes use to overcome the impossible and achieve the extraordinary. If you'd like to get your hands on a copy or maybe share a copy with an entrepreneur that you feel could benefit from this incredible story, please head on over to mattbrownshow.com. Hit the Your Inner Game link, put in your details, and we'll deliver a digital copy to you instantly. And for more information, guys, about the book and more developments around the Matt Brown Show, head on over to mattbrownshow.com.
Okay, cool. Um, I want to get into that in a second, but let's do one of our segments here called uh, Quote of the Day. So, do you have an inspiring quote that you feel is incredibly relevant today? I do. It's um, by Rabinath Tagore, and he said, um, I dreamt that life was but joy. I found that life was but service. I served and found that service was joy. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that because, you know, when you, when you give, at first you serve yourself, but also you give to others, you know, your life becomes very abundant. And no matter what's happening, um, it's just one of the ways I operate. It's one of those things that I carry with me. That's such an amazing quote, eh? That's such an amazing quote. Uh, Adam wants to know if you've worked with uh, Russell Brand. Uh, no, I've never worked with Russell Brand. Um, I, I know of him. I've never worked with him, though. All right, cool. I want to dive into um, your your helicopter crash, if you don't mind. Because uh, I sure. do, I do think um, you know we all suffer. I'm not trying to you know compare any of everybody else to your experience, but certainly we all suffer tragedy at some point. Sure, you know, uh, life is just um, you know one big problem and then you die. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, there you, there you go. You know, um, and so, but like heavy trauma. I had this crazy dream last night, and so not sure how much I should share, but. Had this crazy dream last night. You know, in dreams, uh, water is um, is a is an analogy for emotion. Um, so oh. yeah, I won't get into the details of this, but, but I certainly know that I'm dealing with something traumatic, um, in, emotionally at the moment, um, and and more broadly, I feel that you know we're all dealing with trauma in some way. Like even with COVID nineteen at the moment and in lockdown, it's it's traumatic, right? I think a lot of us are feeling grief. Uh, about the fact that the world is not the way that we wanted it to be. It's not the way that it, it was, you know. Um, and, so, and so dealing with trauma is, is, is such a, an important thing, of the, uh, an important skill, I should say, in the human experience. Um, and I wanted to kind of pick up on the helicopter crash because that's, that's hectic trauma. I haven't had an experience like that, so I want to kind of go there if you're open to it. Um, but what did that experience teach you? Uh, about spirituality, uh, about life, uh, anything around around that. Let's start there. Well, uh, Matt, it taught me about all those things. Actually, um, first that you know life is fragile and it's it can be over uh, a lot faster than you think. And so, you know, whoever promised us that we're going to make the eighty or ninety years old, I don't know if that promise can be kept. So. My motto from now for since that moment, you know, since I finally came out of that time is that every morning when I wake up, I'm born and every night when I go to sleep, I die. And so um, instead of just living your life like it's another day in your life, live your life like the entire life is in this day, you know, and if that's the way you're going to live, you're going to have appreciation and gratitude and awe and wonder, you know, instead of just just another day in your life. But is in my book. Uh, how would love respond um, for the first time I publicly uh, talked about that my buddy, my best friend, Mike Graham, who is the key grip on the movie. Um, he was a, a head of the grip department and the crew um, died in my arms and, but also made visitations for the next two and a half years. And I was the only person who saw him. So first I thought I was just going insane, but I had to, uh, um, learn how to do an out-of-body experience, uh, a guided one originally, and then I did one by myself, and I had to escort him 
into the light uh, because he was refusing to go because he didn't think it was fair that he, he was dead. And, um, and he wanted to say goodbye to his fiance and didn't know how. And so I finally figured it out one night. I told him what to do. And um, I know it sounds weird. Trust me, being a Chicago street kid, it sounds as weird to me. But I had to go through it. And um, the next morning at 6 a.m., his fiance called me and said, Mike came and said, you sent him. And I, he sat on the end of the bed and we talked about everything we need to do and said our goodbyes. And, and then I escorted him into the tunnel and um, into the light. So, you know, I was uh, in the light. I was given a very, very um, powerful gift, which is really what my book was all about or is all about. And that is that, um, you know, everything in life is borrowed. You got to give it all back. And the only thing you get to keep is the love that you gave, the love that you received, and the experiences that your soul got to have. And, you know, it's, uh, and I've talked it around the world to people and man, you wouldn't believe how many people have contacted me since then and shared their experiences of, of, uh, unique experiences like that. Um, and it kind of gave them permission that it was okay for them to have them as well. Cause they also thought they were kind of nuts mm. when they were going through it. Yeah. Um, it's a powerful thing. Have you read, um, a book called a seat of the soul? I have not. Um, so it's 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 um it what you've just said reminds me of that book. I'm actually just going to get the name of the author, here, um, so everybody can find it. Um, yeah, his name's is Gary Zukav. So it's an inspiring vision of humanity's spiritual destiny, um, and it was actually the book that uh, Oprah Winfrey. Speaking of celebrities, um, that's actually the book that Oprah Winfrey. Um, read that inspired her to teach spirituality on her show, the Oprah Winfrey show from back in the day, from like 25 years ago hey, or 30 years ago. Uh, so it's quite an old book. Um, and essentially what, what, he, what he talks to is kind of what you've just said in the sense that, you know, human beings, we're, we're, we're evolving. You know, we're evolving from uh, where we experience the world from five senses to a multi-sensory dimensional view of what humanity actually is um what in other words you know the 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 old way i'm using that in inverted commas because it's still very much now uh the old way is about accumulation it's about material gain wealth the structure of systems uh that that inherits and that that are systemic within the world that we live in and then the new way is where we're looking above that We're, we're vibrating on a higher level um, of frequency that talks to consciousness, like true consciousness beyond what we can touch, feel, and move with our own hands, if that makes sense. Like I was talking to you know, how hard I work, you know, and, um, and that being one way of doing it, but actually meditation is the kind of conduit to this other world, where, which, is, which is truly one of truth and authenticity and, and spiritual, spiritually led, if that makes sense. Um, and so, so accessing that is kind of what you've done uh, through, through your experience of tragedy, the helicopter crash. Um, and now you're teaching this around the world. And I love what you said about giving, you've given people permission um, in a roundabout way to feel and experience life in that way. Um, and I don't feel like, you know, even in my, I'm talking, I can only really talk about myself, but I don't feel like I give myself permission to do that enough. Um, and I wanted to kind of get your view. How does one unlock that bridge to this evolution of, of spirituality in terms of hum- humanity's destiny? 
Well, Matt, the, the, you know, same strategy, I guess, for everything really. And at first it's going to come down just to a decision. You know, we, we get to this place where we go, oh, I should do this. I should exercise. I should quit smoking. I should, I should, I should. Most people wind up shooting all over themselves, you know, mm. <laughs> sorry. Couldn't, couldn't resist. Um, you know, but, you know, we've all told ourselves that we should do something and still never did it. We all told ourselves that we shouldn't do it, but we went and did it anyway. So as you can see, should's not powerful enough. But the, the I, I must, I have to do this, you know, that this is, you know, at that level. And then you make that decision. Well, the, the law of cause dissolves. It's either growing or decaying. So the universe, the entire spectrum of everything in the universe, it also has to keep evolving. Otherwise, it has to follow that same law and will dissolve. So when we make that decision, it's funny how stuff instantly starts lining up and people and phone calls and, you know, the right people show up and the right things show up. And then all you have to do is act on those things. But that's from making a real decision. And then we have to be consistent with that decision, which which means a commitment, you know, like if you're going to say, I, I don't smoke anymore, I'm a non-smoker, you got to be consistent with that every day. You can't go, oh, well, parties and when I have a drink, I can, you know, otherwise you're still smoking. And then last but not least is we investment, you know, we have to put something in to get something out. So um, if you look at the word I-N-V-E-S-T-M-E-N-T, it's right there in the word I invest in me. It's the best investment you can ever make is in your own personal development, which means growing yourself. So we have to put some time in as an example to work on that, you know, and say, hey, I'm going to put I'm going to put in the calendar. So it has to happen. I have to keep the appointment every day. I'm going to do this time for 15 minutes and I'm just going to do some quiet time or some meditating or work on my goals or whatever that is. And you'll notice, you know, at the end of the year, you probably won't even recognize yourself because and, and then the key to it all, I think, is to lock it in. We have to celebrate, you know, not just do it. Because celebrate, like dog does a trick, give him a treat. Dog does a trick, give him a treat. Dog does a trick, give him a treat. Well, no wonder he wants to keep doing the trick. He knows he's going to get a treat. So that's the same thing with us. Is we have to celebrate and celebrate and celebrate so that our brain is making a neural connection between what we're doing feels great. And then after a while, since we know it feels great, we automatically want to keep doing it, and then it becomes our habit. And success in any area, including spirituality, is really a habit. Mm. And we all have habits. What makes you successful is the habits you have, and, well, what makes people fail or suffer is another uh, series of habits. So all we do is change some of those habits. Okay. Um, so just in terms of that then, um, a lot of the, I think a lot of people wrestle with um, – answering the question, what are their unique gifts or what are their unique talents? Um, so if they were to cultivate habits around, you know, activating those unique talents, it's almost chicken before the, the egg or egg before the chicken, uh, depending on how you think about it. Uh, but how does one, un, you know, figure out what are, what are your unique gifts and talents as a human being? How does one... Um, how does one do that? So as an example, like Sylvester Stallone, like he, you know, obviously knew that he was a pretty good actor, right? Uh, but um, but more broadly, for everybody else out there who doesn't know what their calling is, quote unquote, how do we figure that out? 
Well, Matt, you know, I, look, I've spent a lot of time with like Stallone and John Travolta. I've been friends with John since 1983 and um, just saw him in Sydney a couple of weeks ago. And, um, you know, those people and I've spent time with President Clinton and Richard Branson and the rest of things, you know, they're all people. They're just literally people. Um, you know, I've seen Travolta down and out and feeling bad. And I've seen, you know, uh, Stallone where he can't get a job, you know, here he's the biggest star in Hollywood and can't get a job at certain, you know, now he's 70, almost 75, 74 right now. And he's doing back to back movies still as an action hero. Get that. Mm. But you know, these people, what they did is they're all visionaries is they, you know, they talk about the future that they want to create. And they identify themselves as the person in that future position. So with the women's beach volleyball team that I worked with for two and a half years, they had to say over and over again, I'm a gold medalist. I'm a gold medalist. They had to sign autographs, 2000 Bundy Beach gold medalist. This is, by the way, in 1997. I made them practice being on the podium, getting their gold medals and waving to the audience. I made them buy display cases for their gold medals two years before the Olympics. Because they said, man, if you really thought you were a gold medalist, wouldn't you have a display case to show your medals off in? They said, well, we'll get it right after we win. I said, now you're saying if instead of I am. So the most powerful two words in the English language are I am because that creates your identity. And so start creating identities for who you want to become, but you have to say it as if who you are right now. So for... Um, years of writing my book that it took, I was saying every day, I am an international best-selling author of the book, How Would Love Respond? Well, the book came out and in four hours takes number one on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. I had 15 bestsellers list. That's not an accident. That's from a guy who said that's who he is. I had the right mindset, as you can hear. Mm. I started developing skill sets of how do you market the book? How do you sell books, publicity, publishing, all those things. And so it was really a marketing campaign, but that's because that's who I said I was. Then I start saying, okay, what do I need in me that needs to change or grow to produce being that guy, right? To have those results. And again, all we have to do is know where we are right now, where we want to be, and what's the first step. We don't need to know this whole plan. Just know the first step, then do the first step, complete it. And the second step will automatically show up and then just follow the, the steps and you'll get the goals and whatever else you want to achieve in life, usually a lot faster with a lot less activity than most people think they had to take. See, because most people are confusing movement and activity. I don't care about the activity. All I want is the results. Mm. And so if I can get there faster or more effectively, I'm all over it. So that's why I don't, you know, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plan. Life doesn't really go to plan. We never go, you never get what you want in life. You only get what you work for, apparently. Well, I always say you always get what you ask for. It just rarely comes in a package you thought it was supposed to show up in. <laughs> we, yeah, we, we, we like the surprises that we want. Otherwise, they're called problems. Exactly. <laughs> Are you listening to the audio version only of this podcast? Well, if you are... You can also now join the live broadcast experience on any of our social media channels. That's YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Simply plug in Matt Brown Show on YouTube, Matt Brown ZA on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And please, guys, do us a favor. If you have been following the show, which I know many of you have been doing, 
head on over to iTunes, guys, when you have a minute and leave us a review. It would be great to get feedback from you directly on the show, and it would also help us to reach more entrepreneurs all around the world. Cool, let's get into the Injustice League. Cool. Um, so what is one injustice, uh, correct, that you see in the world today? Well, Matt, that's probably going to be a challenge with me is because, um, you know, I, I have a really clear view that life has never been fair. It never will be fair. So quit wasting time trying to make it fair. As life doesn't turn out the way that it should. It turns out the way that it does. Now it comes down to what do you want to do with it that creates the experience that you get. So, you know, yeah, there's things out there that aren't fair. I mean, you know, look, the Kardashians, are, their dad was the guy who, who took O.J. Simpson's bloody knife and clothes um, out of the house just before, um, you know, the search warrant was executed by the police. You can actually see him on camera carrying a leather bag without. And before he died, he actually made mention that he regretted that action. And now they're like TV stars. Um, I guess that's in just in a way, but God bless them, man. If you can get paid to for doing nothing, um, you know, God bless you. Like so, I never, I never pay out on or or talk negatively about other people's successes. And you know, if there's something you don't like in life, change it. Um, and if you can't change what other people are doing, we'll change it with yourself, and certainly change your perception of it so that it doesn't create drama glue and keep you stuck in the story of how bad it is. Hmm. So uh, I want to kind of get into coaching, if you don't mind, for a second. Obviously, you're recognized as one of the best uh, success coaches in the world and have been now for some three decades. Um, And um, what makes a great coach? How do you know if, if, you know, correct Ashley is for you as a coach? And more broadly, um, when do you know you need one and how should one figure out what's the best coach for you? That's a great question, Matt. First, I I would I only get by the way I have coaches, you know, because don't be a coach and not have a get coaching. That doesn't really make sense. It's like saying everybody else needs it, but I don't. It's kind of uh, fraudulent in its own weird way. Mm. But also, is I would always look. I always look for people who have the results in what I want. So, as an example, years ago I went to a program where uh, a guy was doing his first program. His name's Brendan Bouchard, who you probably know. And Brendan almost went bankrupt on that program. I was the first person to sign up for coaching with him. I got no coaching sessions. I had to fight with him to get my money back from him. So as you can see, I have bad taste in my mouth about Brendan Bouchard in the day, personally. Mm -hmm. But when I watched Brendan literally take off, now I saw him struggle for a while, but I I still tracked him because I was on his mailing list or whatever. And then I watched him build his business. Well, I went to one, I've been to many of his programs and I've done his online courses, but I also went to his 10X program in New York. It was $10,000 a seat for this, right? And he looked at me in the audience. He goes, are we okay? And I go, you see me here, don't you, man? Just teach. We're okay. So I can separate the teacher from the teachings. So, you know, get people, Robert Kiyosaki, who wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad, said to me, he said, Kirk, the most expensive advice is free advice from poor people because they're always the ones we want to give it to you. Is find the people who have the results. Find the people that you jive with on that level for that. And then, you know, also somebody that you respect to hold you accountable. The one thing with me, Matt, is I, you know, people think I know everything about everything, which I don't. What I do know is I know the, the proper questions to ask 
to find out what I need to know when I need to know it. Mm. And, um, and I've produced the results with people, but look, I'm not the only coach on the planet. Um, find somebody immediately though, so you don't get later down life and you're looking back and go, man, the only thing I got of this was older. Um, I should have listened to that bald, crazy American guy who lives in Australia um, because I'd be a lot farther ahead in life is find somebody right now that holds you to a higher standard and they're not going to let you slip backwards. By the way, that's a, that's a quality person. It's also the way your friend should be and even your partner in life is they hold you to a higher standard. And so, you know, with my clients is the results we produce is mind blowing. It's awe inspiring. And it really has nothing to do with me. It's always about the formula, but then my, one of my jobs is hold them accountable so that it actually gets done because we all know what to do, but most people aren't doing what they know. And Calvin Coolidge said that the world's full of educated derelicts. Mm. And so, you know, it's, it's all of that. But again, is, um, you know, in order for people to coach with me, you know, you gotta, you gotta, um, make an appointment with me. I'll get on the call with you. There's no sales. I take all the, um, impulse out of it, you know, where there's no hard selling. I want to see if you're the right person for me and I'm the right person for you. And the reason I produce the results, Matt, is I cheat. I choose winners. You know, I choose people who are willing to do what average people aren't willing to do, obviously with integrity, but that creates it. You kind of see it even in the conversation. And then, you know, um, we rock and roll, but man, we spend a year together uh, as clients and man, the, the results I've witnessed are mind blowing. It's awe inspiring. It always shows me that anybody can do this when you apply yourself and you stay consistent with it. Yeah. Um, what is the, can you share one success story that just comes to mind? Something that you feel people can really get their minds into around the kind of value of having a, a coach in your life? You know, sure. You know, there's a, uh, a couple of years ago, just a few, not even two years, three, two or three years ago, a gentleman contacted me and uh, he said, look, um, uh, I was in a relationship. Uh, my, my partner, she signed up to your Life Success Club, which is our online coaching program that we have, which has been very, very successful for uh, quite a few years. And he goes, um, we broke up. She wasn't even really listening to it. Um, but can I get the password? Cause I'm really in dire straits right now. You know, I, I uh, bad investments and rest of stuff. I'm $300,000 down. I got like $3,000 in the bank. I'm, you know, relationship broke up, blah, blah, blah. And he kept going on. And I said, yeah, no problem. You know, as long as you're using it, man, I'm thrilled. And then he came on board as a, one of my one-on-one -on -one private clients. And he said, look, man, if I, even though my financial situation is in dire straits right now, if I don't make change, and I don't get somebody to help me. I'm in deep doo-doo, man. My life's really in trouble. So I gotta, I gotta act on this. Well, now he, not only did I um, teach him how to communicate effectively to get his three hundred thousand dollars back, um, which he did. He, uh, he's now got a <laughs> two cars. Uh, one's this beautiful Audi. He's got a beautiful house on the beach with a pool in the front yard. He's got jet skis and a boat and all the rest of these things great relationship. He's fit, um, all the rest of things. And, you know, part of it is he said, I, I didn't really, even when I was coming on board with you, I really didn't believe that it could happen for me. You know, I thought, man, it's, you know, everybody else, but not me. So I get a lot of people that's the space they're in, but they still took that step. And, you know, that crazy thing where you're, 
you know, you just kind of, you go, hey, there's a glimmer of light. I'm going to take it. And the, man, I, what I see in this guy, his name's Chris, amazing. And just the happiness. And, and, and uh, so he's really holistically changed his whole life. Yeah, I love stories. Love stories like that. Love stories like that. So uh, we're going to wrap this up uh, shortly, correct? Let's get into gifts from uh, the Matt Brown show. Um, so, correct, you've got a cool new series that you've just released. Uh, do you want to walk us through that? Where can we get our hands on it? Sure. If you uh, go to curicashley.com, my website, it's called Turn It Around, and it's about how do you become successful, including, I know, look, people are in isolation. A lot of people have lost their jobs. You've been made redundant. Money's crazily tight. It's a free program. It's not a big sales thing. It's about how do you turn all those things around, um, including your finances, because of the coronavirus right now and what's going on, the, the whole isolation thing. So I made it very current. I literally just got done filming it. I just went up to the website yesterday. So you guys would be the first uh, really, people to get into and get it. Um, some people obviously got it right when it went out, um, but the feedback from it's been amazing. And uh, I love hearing, you know, people go, man, that first video changed my life. Uh, it's crazy how powerful this is. And so it's on curicashley.com and my name spelled K U R E K A S H L E Y.com. Cool. We'll also post that up on the show notes, guys. And this is all over the social web. So wherever you are catching this, uh, you can. We'll put uh, the link to the websites up in the in the show notes. Um, uh, correct. Last question for you: Why do you do what you do? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Matt, I love people. I always have loved people. Um, you know, it, it's just one of those things. And uh, I, I feel like I have by far the best job on the planet because I get to watch people fulfill their dreams and I watch that inner child come back to life where, you know, they're inspired and motivated, but not because I did it within themselves, you know, and the spark for life. And, and, and then the ripple effect that comes off of that because everybody that they come in contact with, they make a positive influence for them to change as well. And it's, it's just, man, I get people from 20, 30 years ago who say, I went to your program. I go, yeah, I was like four when I gave that program. But, um, you know, saying, oh, my God, my life's still dramatically different. And all the goals I wrote down that, down that day, I've achieved and way more. And I just love my job. That's amazing. That's amazing stuff. So, guys, uh, don't forget, we're going to wrap this up. But before we do, don't forget, you can get your copy on uh, my number one Amazon bestselling book, Your Inner Game, on mattbrownshow.com. Thanks for sticking around, guys. Correct. Thank you for your time. You've been an absolute legend uh, today. Um, and yeah, wishing you all the very best for the future. Thanks for listening to the Matt Brown Show, guys. Don't forget, you can catch me on all social media platforms for the latest updates, news, and a show history. So if you've been catching this on the podcast, please head on over to our YouTube channel and pound that subscribe button. It would be great to catch the video version there. And if you want a free copy of my number one Amazon best-selling book, your inner game for free right now today. You can grab that on mattbrownshow.com forward slash ebook.
Ever wanted to become a best-selling author? Well, I'm in the influence business and I work with business owners and CEOs and business leaders to help them scale their influence. And we do this as a team by helping you to become a best-selling author, sought-after speaker and industry influencer in only 30 days. My team and I have developed a system that delivers a best-selling book and a launch campaign 300% faster and 50% less cost than anyone else in North America. This system is incredibly efficient. One of my clients Haiku went from a 2% share of voice globally to an 11% share of voice globally in only seven days. If you'd like more information, head on over to showworksmedia.com for more. That is showworks with an X.com.